1: is Garrett Lynch. Thanks for being on the show again, Garrett. I'm glad to be back. It's a great show. I appreciate that. And Garrett was a guest on show. 808. And we talked about finding deals through better underwriting that came out earlier in the month. I encourage you to look that up so you can learn more about him and just his expertise in this business, how he got where he is now. I and mean, just an amazing story. But Garrett, welcome back to the show. I'm going to give the listeners a little more about you, just in case they didn't hear that one. But Garrett has been buying apartments for the last 10 years, starting with D-class properties in the south side of Chicago. And his first company purchased and self-managed over 3,400 units in 10 in markets. After selling his shares in that company, he partnered up with Michael Blanc and Andrew Kiffen to help expand Nighthawk equity. And again, the listener, you know, we elaborated on many of those things of how Eric got where he's at now on that last show. And I would encourage you to go back Garrett, welcome back to the show. And I want to just jump right in to some of your expertise so we can maximize our time. I know one place where you add a ton of value to the Nighthawk equity team is the operational value add, just that side of the business, which is so important, right? And everybody talks about the value add business plan, right? That's what everybody's doing, value add. Some people say they're value add, some people say they're not. But I would love to just jump in there and talk about how you all have added so much value to some specific properties in that process
0: yeah, so what we're typically looking for is you know what's left on the property to really add value and if you're looking at it in a very simplistic term, what we're really doing is if you think about we're kind of doing like five year flips for the most part. And so if you think about how you flip a house like find a junky house that's not too junky, we're gonna lose money and then renovate it and then it's worth more in a very simplistic way and we're kind of doing that over you know 5 to 7 year period for the most part most people are doing or doing that what well, we're looking for are assets that are anywhere you know even in the late 60s ideally the 80s you know built in the 80s up to the 2000s and there's either an exterior and interior value add component so we've got you know classic exteriors or we've got classic interiors or a combination of both And so like this last deal, we just purchased two deals back to back in Atlanta, 130 unit and 150 unit, both had kind of different needs, but there was a lot of value to add to both in their own way. And so like the first one was complete exterior and interior renovation. We're going in, replacing roofs, we're adding siding on, repainting, fixing all the wood on the outside of the building. This particular building had an interesting architecture where it had these massive 30-foot gables on there. So, we had to figure out how to modernize that. And we ended up talking to a designer, getting her involved, having her help help us come up with a strategy around that. And so, we're putting windows and all those gables. We're going to take the railings and turn them horizontal. So, we're going to put some cedar wood across the railings to give it more of a modern look. That
1: changes the look so much, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That's something that we're doing there.
0: We're also... I like to take spaces that have not been used. So, like a tennis court or something that's just older on the property, an area that's unused. And we'll turn it into a combination of a dog park with turf, a grill station. So, people to hang out and like grill out and stuff like that with seating and then gaming. So, like we're putting in bocce area and then a cornhole, stuff like that all in this one section. So it's a really cool value add that you can turn any tennis court into. And so we just did that on our last deal and it's been a big hit. We're kind of taking that, and piecing it into you know, future properties. Other things you can do, hammock park, it's like hammocks. And that's a really simple and cheap way to add value that not a lot of people are doing.
1: What and is that? Explain that a little the bit. The hammock explain park. That a little
0: bit. So you, you just get like yeah. some... You know, colored hammocks, and you hang them around in an area, and people can go and like lounge around and hang out. Just something different. It doesn't cost that much to implement, but if you have like a bunch of open space, you can go out there and just yeah you know, throw a bunch of hammocks up, and, and you got a hammock park. So that's kind of a cool little value add that we're doing. Really, a big fan of resurfacing the pools and adding new furniture in those. It's not the cheapest all the time. Dude, that pools are one expensive capex item that you got to look out for, and you got to budget properly. So if you've never done a pool before, it just, it just costs a lot, but it's worth it if it's a major amenity on site. So doing that, I think, has been a big one. I'm in the process of building a gym, which has been really cool. That's been, you get a fitness company that kind of specializes in that and they'll set up the layout and then you just build the space out. And then you can put your gym equipment in there. So that's pretty nice. And then another one that a lot of people aren't doing that we're utilizing is is adding package lockers. They're electronic package lockers that you can put on even, you know, your, mostly your B class property is going to have a ton of value, even C class, you can use it, but it texts people when their packages are ready. And the great thing about this is it keeps people out of the office. So they don't have to go in, interact with your staff, bug them to get their package, whatever, lose their package. It's all, and then the vendors aren't coming in. If you really think about how much time that takes away from your staff on site, it, it adds up. And you're losing money because of that. So we'll even go outside with it. There's a lot of them outside, and you hit a parcel pending or Luxor, one of these companies, and you can buy them outright if you put them in your CapEx budget. And then it literally, a package shows up, it texts the person, they come pick it up 24 hours. Great amenity. And all of these things that I'm talking about, they all add up to why are these important? Because people may not even use these. The majority of the people may not even use a lot of this stuff that you're adding in. but It's for when you bring people to the property and you want to lease it at the higher rent, your leasing agent, if they're good, they're going to take them through all the amenities and they're going to say, Hey, this is all the extra stuff, the bells and whistles that we have. This is why our rent's this. And people are going to have an easier time saying yes to that higher rent because they're like, I would use that. Yeah, I'm going to use the gym. Yeah, I'm going to use the pool and all these things. Whether they do or not doesn't really matter as much. It's all about that leasing presentation and what you're able to provide to them in that moment to get them to sign on the dotted line. And so, or even throw it on the internet and attract people in. If you have things that stand out that other people don't have, you're going to win those higher rents and you can lead the market in rents. And so it's a chat, I've talked to multiple people about it. I'm like, how do we really monetize it down to the dollar? It's tough. It's really hard to even do that. So you wanna be still conservative on your underwriting, but man, if you hit it right, That thing, we we did just that kind of stuff, like just that exterior stuff at a deal that we own in Huntsville, 276 unit. And we were blowing past our target rents by $60 just on the exterior. And we had planned to do both the inside and the outside. So now I had the inside and now we're elevating it even further.
1: Yeah. I mean, right there, you provided a list of things that each of us as operators, we should be looking at, you know, will these things add value? How much value? What should we expect? What do the neighboring properties have? I mean, you you laid many things out there. One thing about the package lockers too, we've added that at a few properties. I know a lot of other operators that are doing that, but, and you talked about just the operational component there of taking that labor off of your staff there. I mean, you can imagine if you got 150 units, all the packages, I mean, the way people order now online, managing all this packages is a nightmare. The risk of losing something or, you know, I mean, who's it at you know, fault? All these things, you know, and just having that place where even that delivery person knows exactly where to go. I mean, it's just so much more efficient and secure. And so that's a big value, I know, to a lot of our tenants as well. I wanted to mention, what about you mentioned building gyms right now? Are you still looking at building gyms even during the COVID mess and everything that's happening right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, again, it's more for the show. So even if people can't use the gym necessarily out the gate or it it shuts on and off, I can use it as a sales tool. So I can take people, Hey, look at this awesome gym we just built. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's down for a few weeks for because of COVID. Maybe not, but it's, it's going to be up. You're going to be able to use it. I'm not only just adding the gym, but I want to use the most modern pieces to the gym. So like I'm adding Pelotons in mine. People love that. So they're right away like, oh, they got Pelotons here, you know, instead of just a stair stepper machine or an elliptical or something, you add in more modernized stuff. Maybe that mirror thing that people are doing, add that in instead where people are really like excited to use the equipment that you have because you likely have a smaller space. You want to really pick the pieces that are going to allow people to do a lot of stuff. And so you can talk with whoever you're, you're building that with. But we're, you know, cables are good. I think having you know, dumbbells and, and stuff like that is that's always really helpful and, and having a decent size so it goes up. So there's a lot of range with that, but put a cool mural in your gym if you can. That's a really cool thing to do. Carpet squares that kind of offset each other. You can you, you can go that route if you like, or the padded like foam. You can be real creative with it and do whatever you can to make that gym look really cool. But it, again, it's yeah, it's just a selling tool. And then there's one other one I forgot to mention that I... Th- I think is awesome. You can pull it off. Your property allows it. Have a mechanical gate that kind of secures it. So you make it a gated community because you do that, you lower your cost and security by quite a bit. That adds a lot of security, a layer of security. If your property has had issues with that in the past or possibly has had issues, keeps all the riffraff out for the most part. And it makes people feel safer. You can get higher quality staff higher quality tenants, it's had a profound effect on our our deal in Huntsville, just making it a gated community. It's like a fortress now, and it's awesome.
1: Nice. No, I, I agree completely. We've done that as well. That gate makes a big difference, just people pulling in, seeing that security and just the component of the ownership group or the management caring enough too, to put those things in place, even like the nicer equipment. What about ways you all are adding the value even, you know, post-close? I think a lot of times when people get started in this business, they think about, well, you know, that value add starts, you know, after we close. But I would disagree because we've done many of the same things and, you know, ways to add value. So that property is worth more the day we close than it wasn't we put it under contract. How have you all done that?
0: Yeah, so we really pride ourselves on speed. And so having a plan going into during the due diligence process is when we're really looking for all the things that we can do right away post-close. Well, I have all my contractors coming up with plans and we have kind of most of our vendors selected. And, and we, luckily, we've built this kind of team of people that we work with consistently. And it's similar and it might take a little bit to work up to that if you're doing multiple deals whatever but so we'll have everything kind of ready to go in the hopper most of it and then as soon as we close like you're starting with a budget you're starting with you know the cash or whatever to do these projects get get on it the next day like this deal we just bought they already did the exterior of the property so we didn't have to worry about that but ninety percent of the interiors were not done and they were proving out three hundred dollar rents on there well during due diligence you can scope all the lines and really get a good sense or right after close scope, all the ideally during due diligence, you scope all the lines, understand what's going on with the plumbing if it's on the older property. And the reason that's important is because there could be a lot of work orders surrounding that plumbing stuff and plumbing issues. And so if you can go in and spend some CapEx on upgrading your plumbing or your sewer lines underneath, it's going to stop a lot of the backups that are happening that are causing your maintenance people to go Consistently to these units, causing people headaches when things flood, all those issues. You can mitigate it. So what we found on this last deal is there were bellies in the line from just over time. You had cast iron lines underneath, and the bellies, you go like this, so they don't allow water to free flow out of the building. And so we're getting a lot of backups. So we're just going to go in and replace the lines in the worst areas throughout the property. And that should allow things to free up quite a bit. In addition, other things we found on the plumbing were like, what's called the PRV valves, the pressure release valves, those are broken. So some buildings are not getting enough pressure, uh, water pressure to the, to the buildings. And that actually costs you money on the water bill. So we know we were going to go in and do the low flow toilets. I'll talk about in a bit. But we added the PRV valves in there right away out the gate. So now, now we have pressure. Now we're working on the sewer lines. So the sewer lines are going to be good. And then the last the final component, what we're doing is we're doing low flow toilets everywhere and aerators and shower heads. And so we have, there's companies out there that do this third party and it's the easiest, biggest ROI that you can do on any property because they do it all. And they're the pros. They send in a bunch of licensed plumbers or people that just really are, are good at this. And they spend two to three weeks and they replace all of your toilets to the 0.08 Niagara toilets typically. And now your water bill gets cut all the way down, possibly up to 50%.
1: That's a drastic, kid, I mean, 50%, think about that.
0: It's insane on your ongoing expenses. Like we had a kicker on the one. So we, this is part of our consistent value-add strategy because you'd be surprised how many people haven't done this. Or they've done the 1.6s, which were popular for a time. And you can even pull a lot of value out of taking the 1.6s down to 0.8s. And it just really, I mean, it frees up so much extra cash and it doesn't cost that much you might spend 350 a toilet or whatever for these guys to install it but your roi is made back in one year which is so cool i love that that strategy is something that has been so helpful in general to watch your water bill go from 20k a month down to seven which is what we did on our one property this is funny too we did it on this one property and i guess there was there was a leak so we did everything all the toilets and our water bill was still one up, and we're like, "What's going on with that?" And then turns out there was a huge burst somewhere in a random spot on the property, and that was actually there, and somehow it didn't get found during due diligence, unfortunately, because it was like way far. We thought it was on someone else's property line. That was going on for like 18 months, so it, we did, it didn't sh- prove out on the T12 at all, like any of the T12s. We just thought that was the water bill, and then <laughs> and then lo and behold, we fixed that one leak in the boom, just dropped like the water, like crazy amount. We probably made a million and a half dollars just on that one fight, that one leak fight. So plumbing wow. is an important part.
1: That's incredible. Just such ways that you can add value. And even talking about hiring crews that are third-party that can just come in and knock that out, you said, in three or four weeks or less. I agree completely. We've done some of that too. And and uh, it's so much more efficient than, say, taking some of your crew out that are doing remodels and things like that. They're not always great plumbers, right? And it's going you know, to take them away from adding value somewhere else where they are really good as well. And so speak a little bit to the staffing component.
0: Yeah, so staffing is... The most important part post close, and it comes down to really your regional and your property manager first So, the way we're doing it now is we, we mentioned a management company we really like that we're working with out of Nashville, and their name is Ellington. I'll, I'll plug them. Why not? And so, we're working with them, but they have a regional we work really well with. We're doing great things on one property, and so they have been kind enough to add her onto every property that we acquire, they give it to her, they take her off another one. And so we're just kind of scaling with them. And you know, we trust her to like hire people. We trust her her judgment on a lot of stuff. And she's just amazing. She works a ton of hours. And so taking that component and then now she's in charge of the property manager, which is I say the second most important position. You Want to have that leader, because that leader, what they do is you have a bad property manager or a bad regional the hire all the wrong people underneath them. Mm. And if they're the right ones, then the opposite happens. And if you have the wrong people on site, you can't get momentum. You can't take your vision and put it into effect because these people just don't care or they're not competent enough, whatever it is, you're not going to get the momentum that you need. And as operators, focus first on those two positions. Just really be cautious about who you're putting in as, as your regional, as your property manager. And then... I think the third most important position would be your maintenance supervisor, your lead maintenance tech. That person typically is pretty expensive and they're harder and harder to come by these days with what's just going on in the world and the way it's shifted. And so finding somebody really good that can do your maintenance and oversee all that, there's a ton of time and money spent on your repairs and maintenance throughout this property life. Having a roster like that, I think is, is super important to look out for when you're going into it. And then don't be afraid to fire fast. If somebody's not so important, get rid of them. Like just just do it. Property management in general, I think there's a lot of transience to it, a lot of turnover overall. But the good people that you have, make sure, you you know, your PM company or whoever you're working with, they got the benefits in place. I like to use property management companies that are like heavy on the tech side. They know how to use technology. And your staff should know how to use technology as well. I think that's a super important part because that's just the world. That's just how we work.
1: Is there a couple pieces of technology that have transformed the way you all do business or a couple things that are like, if you're not using this, you're so far behind?
0: Personally, so we run our business virtually pretty much. And I'd say up top, like on the high end, a really good training tool that we've been using has been Loom. That's L-O-O-M. That tool has transformed a lot of what we do because it allows us to... It's basically like a screen share. So you take like a video in a cloud instantly you just hit a button or it's it's up on your bar on your browser click it you record your screen hey this is how you do this and you send it over to someone this is how i want you to do this you can convey things very easily to people using that the core ones that we use are like loom zoom and then and then dropbox are, are kind of our main ones And then everything else exists on like a google drive just like our, our google sheets and google docs and stuff like that so try not to do too many and on a site level software side, it's ideal to have a property management software that allows for like API additions in there. So you can tie different softwares together because the last thing you want is to have like some antiquated software that just doesn't work with anything else. So now you got like, you know, 10 different softwares that the people have to use on site to get your screening done or to get, to get your leases done or whatever. That just makes it tougher in general to move around. And to go along with that, one of the first things I do when I get into a property or even before is make sure all the computers are good because you'll get into a property and like they're slow or whatever, you don't replace them and it just slows everything down. And you got people working on there trying to do stuff. And if you don't pay attention to that or they get a virus or something stupid and you're just letting that happen for months, people just, why? It's the silliest thing. It's an easy way to speed up your processes in general. And so that's some of the stuff that we use.
1: Nice. No, that's incredible. And I appreciate you also elaborating on the staffing and the most important employees and just the importance of replacing a computer and what that can say to even that manager that you care and that, hey, we want to operate proficiently. And it says so many things, right? And can help you be more productive also. Garrett, just amazing show just about that operational value add, no doubt about it. I know, you know, the listeners can listen to many of the common questions I'll ask at the end of the show on the last one that we did, but, but still, I wanted to ask you so you could tell them again the number one thing that's contributed to your success?
0: So the number one thing that's contributed to my success is realizing that the millions are made in the valley. And what I mean by that is if you're in a position or you're in a spot where you are, are having a really tough time, you're going through something very hard, that is Typically, where you make your millions is getting your ass kicked in a way where you think there's no way out. That is where you're really made. If you stay persistent after that and build yourself back up, it's not made when things are going right. It's made when things are going wrong. That's when you're gonna. That is where you're gonna get the dividends later. If you haven't gone through that yet, you might. And if you do, just realize that it's just temporary. If you pull out of that, you're going to be in a much much better
1: spot love that millions are made in the valley. I'm definitely a testimony of that myself, so grateful for that comment for sure. Garrett, how do you like to give back?
0: Yes, I love to share my time with other people that are are maybe newer in the business or they're motivated to make something out of themselves in the business and I just like to provide insight to those people and either in a group setting being on these podcasts or one on one brings a lot of value to me to hear. People are having success because of something that I put them on or anything like that.
1: Nice. Well, Garrett, you've definitely added a ton of value to us today and the listeners. Were just talking about the operational value add and how you all have been successful at doing that. It's such a common business plan, right? For many of us in the business and knowing just some of these key things, like you're talking about, one of them added a million dollars of value, I think you said, to one of your recent properties. So grateful for your time today and being so transparent about those things. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you.
0: Yeah, you guys can reach out to me. My name is Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T at Nighthawk with an N-N-I-G-H-T-H-A-W-K, equity.com. So Garrett at Nighthawkequity.com. Reach out anytime.
1: Awesome, Garrett. Great show.
0: Thanks so much for having me on again, man. It's been great.
1: Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.